1: another episode of sheologians we are here today to put the her i don't i didn't write one (laughs) the her and the she and i do you know how long this takes me every week (laughs) (laughs) and i came unprepared it's Uh, silent
0: the she's silent in do you know how long this takes me every week
1: (laughs) (laughs) but it's in there Thank you. Thank you, Joy. <laughs> joy, always saving me. with your wise counsel. <laughs> my name is Sumher Yegher. Her. Mm-hmm. And I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Joy. Joy, almost Joy Hunter. There we go. I got like three in there. And Joy, I just want you to know that if we were part of a special team that was doing deep water research and we found a giant prehistoric shark, And then your deep water diving submarine crashed on the ocean floor. I would for sure get in my own deep water, deep water diving submarine and I would go rescue you. Oh, no questions asked. I wouldn't even bring a scuba suit. I'd just get down there. Figure it out. Figure it out as I go. Um, that is one thing that I
0: appreciated, appreciated about the Meg, which was their sort of like backstory that they gave as to how
1: they found this shark. Shark. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, this is the shark movie of the year. So we're going to talk about it <laughs> until the end of the year. Right. Until you guys are just like, I until can't there's even. another shark movie. And then we're going to talk about it. Our shark movie. So right. it wasn't even that great of a movie. But anyway, I would totally just go down there and save you from the shark and impending doom. Sweet. Yeah. You're welcome <laughs> in advance. Well, you're right. <laughs>
0: I am Joy. And I just want you to know that i think
1: you're actually joe from little women me mm-hmm. what? no yeah no i'm totally i don't know which one the mom you're i guess jo- <laughs> <laughs> you like go for
0: an obscure character <laughs> you're like i'm the person walking by in the background
1: i'm the movie extra <laughs> just one of the extras no you're joe <laughs> Can we both be Joe? Okay, Is yeah, that a yeah. thing? In the alternate universe, she had a twin, and we each get to be <laughs>
0: <laughs> Little Women, except for all of the <laughs> women in Little Women are multiples; they're all twins, right?
1: All of them. So we each get to be one. That actually brings me to the question that I have for you that I just I thought about randomly because I can't read your mind. As it turns out, right? And I don't or, know
0: if you do. You're being super I'm being covert about it. Very coy.
1: I would like to know because you have never told me and I have probably because I have never asked.
0: <laughs> what, oh, yeah.
1: what is your favorite literary novel? Uh Oh, she's staring at me blankly. She's unsure or she's waiting for me to read her mind. I can't really tell. So
0: you <laughs> you'd like to know what my favorite piece of classic literature is.
1: Yes please. Oh, Ugh. you can goodness. I, it's hard, but Thank just gracious. if you had to choose one, I feel like the first one that see this into your head. The thing is, is I, I guess this is where I, I want to ask.
0: So would you consider things that are read in like a, a classroom setting while learning about literature? Classic literature
1: sure i I will be loose with the definition that's fine
0: okay. then I'd have to go with uh nineteen eighty
1: four okay that's literature, sure okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but if that's i it. if I said no,
0: what would your answer be? um I probably would have picked something boring,
1: something boring I know, I'm
0: just kidding, but um never mind i mean I, that's not how I feel about that <laughs> <laughs> never mind that's this is all coming out wrong. <laughs> This is really all coming out wrong. (laughs) Okay. Um, The only book I can think of is Gone with the Wind.
1: Oh, I've never read that. And
0: I read it when I was so young that it was like a torturous to get through. Like I read it way too early. Before you could really appreciate it. Right. Sure. But I do, I do, like I really like um, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. I enjoy that.
1: Yeah. Good choice. I'll go with that. Okay. Okay. That's legit. Good choice. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. I feel like I didn't do a good job answering that. This is our literature hour where we (laughs) congratulate each other. And all we can think of is Gone with the Wind. (laughs) That never. Ask me what my favorite book is. I know what your favorite book is. Ask me. What's your favorite book? It's Gone with the Wind. (laughs) It's all I can think of right now. (laughs) It's literally the only book that's popping into my head.
1: I know what your favorite book is.
0: What's my favorite book? It. Yeah, I do really, really, really like yeah, that book. I know.
1: I know. Okay, ask me what my favorite piece is. Of-
0: <laughs> what is your fece- piece of your favorite? What is my
1: face? I don't know.
0: <laughs> um, what I is your have. favorite
1: piece of literature? Okay, do you mean like something <laughs> that you read in a classroom setting or? Uh,
0: I mean something written before the 1600s.
1: <laughs> okay. Oh no. <laughs> um well actually my favorite piece of literature was published in
0: 1717 oh okay um, i said 1600s though so
1: <laughs> <laughs> this
0: is not i'm just qualify. kidding go ahead
1: <laughs> um alexander pope's "Eloisa to abelard is okay. my favorite piece of literature it is a well i guess you could call it a poem mm-hmm um But I just think it's so beautiful, and when I read it, I feel deeply, deeply moved. Right. Even though it's kind of a horrible story.
0: (laughs) Um, Those are usually the ones that deeply move you. Yeah.
1: It's horrible. But, um... Like, not like the Meg. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Um, And it's, yeah, it's just, it's just beautiful,
0: and... It's my favorite. Um, Now that the pressure is not on me, I obviously
1: love The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Okay. Like The Hobbit. Specifically? Yeah. Okay. My husband is listening to a very entertaining, not Audible produced, Mm -hmm. but like audio reading.
0: I think that's something that, like I
1: really appreciate Audible, Mm -hmm. who isn't
0: sponsoring this or anything, Mm -hmm. but um, I think that there is like it just used to be more of a thing to listen to books Mm -hmm. and then it went away for a while Mm -hmm. and now it's back. Mm -hmm. But I, like I will specifically when weighing my options in consuming a book, Mm -hmm. if the audible version Mm -hmm. is read by someone cool or read by the author or read by my favorite read by like a variety of people, Mm -hmm. it enhances the experience.
1: I appreciate that. Yes, it does. So th- that's for sure my favorite. You guys should read it if you want to be moved and Deeply. maybe slightly depressed. I don't know. It's <laughs> just beautiful. But if I had to pick a book, I mean, hands down, no question. And I know some of you are going to be like, that's so pedestrian um, to kill a mockingbird. Oh, that's a great book. Oh, it's beautiful and it's hardly a classic. I mean, it was, wasn't written that long ago, right. but it is a classic That's like, yes. and it's beautiful and I love it and I cannot bring myself to read Ghosts Out of Watchmen, Harper Lee's other mm. book that was published almost posthumously. I can't remember. She was dying. I think it when it was anyway, there's drama. I haven't gotten myself to read it yet. I want to read it. But anyway, I haven't. So I don't know if I can. That's the end of my story. Um Okay. So anyway, <laughs> now that I'm emotional about classic literature. Mm-hmm. Um let us discuss. I put something out into the ether. You did. As we discussed that I the frequently ether. do. <laughs> I don't know. Was that a was
0: that a pun? It was. Sorry. It was bad. Good. No, was I bad. enjoyed it. I it really enjoyed not it. It was good.
1: It was not good. Um, I put something out there, and the feedback I got on this let me know that I should, perhaps, maybe, um we should talk about this a little bit more, because this is something you and I are very believe very strongly. Uh, and I think that uh false beliefs about this are doing a lot of harm to the church and people's souls uh and i mean i mean that that sounds really uh dramatic but i mean it uh anyway i also agree you agree you're with me um i i said i tweeted the world says once an alcoholic always an alcoholic scripture says if the sun has set you free you are free indeed we are no longer slaves to sin but alive in christ um and this got a very intense response from Christians and non-Christians alike. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people were upset and did not agree. And that's, <sighs> I have a lot to say about this. <laughs> um, and I think that the, the root of the problem here is a differing anthropology Okay. And I believe that because I believe that perhaps myself and these people um do not have the same doctrine of sin. Um the world says that we're all basically good and that these bad things happen to us and or we're wired towards them. Right. And um we believe based on the witness of scripture that all fall short of the glory of God and that not just a small failing, but that we are born into a slavery to sin. Um, And Jesus is very clear. Uh, He says in John eight, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you'll be free indeed, which is what I was referencing. Right. Um, And I think that when it comes to discussions of alcoholism or any addiction, if we don't have a biblical anthropology, if we don't have a biblical homartiology, which is the Essentially, the doctrine of sin Mm -hmm. um, that we can't really help people with this at all.
0: Right. Well, because what we have, not to totally bring it back here. Bring it back. I mean, actually, yes, let's go ahead and just keep bringing it back to scripture. Yeah, let's do that. (laughs) So if the world is your standard, Mm -hmm. here is what the world would say about addiction. Mm -hmm. Once you do something enough times that creates physical dependency, Mm-hmm. You are inclined towards that forever. Mm-hmm. Namely, drugs, mm-hmm, alcohol, mm-hmm. sex, mm-hmm. gambling. Mm-hmm. There are some others. Mm-hmm. But the world says that the murderer and the thief can be reformed. Right. So what you have there is it is a, an arbitrary standard mm-hmm. based off of our society, mm-hmm. uh, what we deem, the things that we have seen. So it, the things that qualify as an addiction mm-hmm. are things that we have seen cause a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of pragmatism. I'm not saying any of those things aren't true. I'm not saying that that things that create a physical dependency don't need attention in mm-hmm. a certain way. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is that it's completely arbitrary mm-hmm. based off of what we have Seen in society, what a psychologist has surmised, what a sociologist has mm-hmm. observed, and the point is, is that that is not the the biblical view of sin. Mm-hmm. Um, there is not there there are not sins. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm blanking. I had a way that I was going, but I, no, I'm I, losing it.
1: No, no, you're you're on the right track because essentially what we see in scripture, like in Galatians five, one, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore keep standing firm and do not be subject again to yoke of slavery. So we are agreeing. uh, First of all, in terms of biblical categories, uh, alcoholism is not a thing. The idea of the alcoholic came about. I mean, something like it's very new, something like 150 years ago. was the first time this guy essentially looking for a way to categorize uh, drunkards in a way that wasn't uh, a sin mm-hmm. kind of began this idea of the alcoholic. Now, I mean, we, we will spend some time discussing like, okay, so how do you help a, an alcoholic? Right. <laughs> but first let's, let's, you have to start from scripture and scripture does not categorize any of our sins in terms of this addiction that you are enslaved to for the rest of your life. Right. When we're talking about believers, we are constantly all over the New Testament. Romans 6, Titus 3, 2 Peter 2, Galatians 5, Romans 8, 1 Peter 2. There is a dichotomy set between before Christ, slave to sin. After Christ, no longer a slave to sin. Right? Do you actually believe that Christ's death has a practical implication in your life. Do right. you, are you still a slave to sin? Yes or no. Um, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Keep standing firm. Do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. First uh, Peter two, act as free men. Do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God. And I would say, if the mere sight of alcohol might send you spiraling into binge drinking, you are not actually free. That doesn't mean that once you're saved, that what we're not saying is that like you never struggle. You're never struggling or the second you're saved, you don't have to deal with the consequences, right. the physical consequences, right. the emotional consequences, those are all there and we need to love people and help them with them. It is right. not helpful to just say, oh, hey, you're a believer now. You should be fine. That's not what right. we're saying. No. What I am saying is that if you are a, quote, addict, it's not so much that this substance has power over you that Christ doesn't have. Right. It's that you are idolizing this thing you are idolizing the feeling that it gives you and you in through the power of christ should not be living in enslavery to that thing should not be identifying with that thing scripture calls the abuse of alcohol drunkenness and people right. who get who are constantly drunk they're drunkards they're making a choice to sin in this way And we know, based on 1 Corinthians 6, that the the drunkard is uh, listed in those sins where Paul, you know, you've got the um, sexually immoral, idolaters, adulterers, men who practice homosexuality, thieves, greedy, drunkards. These are the people that don't inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. Right. You are no longer defined by these things. You are no longer these things. If you aren't willing to speak in those categories, you are not willing to speak scripturally about the issue of addiction. Right.
0: Yeah, I do think, I think that there is a, there's a lot of like category errors. um, And I think the underlying assumption is that the Bible did not fully speak on this, right? It didn't fully speak on Uh, physical dependency it didn't fully speak on your upbringing Mm -hmm. it didn't fully speak on it Mm -hmm. Um, so if we're talking about addiction I'm just going to go ahead and say it that Mm -hmm. addiction is idolatry yeah Um, it's a counterfeit measure that's taken um, to find peace wholeness happiness whatever you're looking for Mm -hmm. you're going to it bowing to it instead of God Yes. So physical dependency is a real thing. Your brain chemistry is altered Mm -hmm. by many, many things. Yes. Um, The world has decided to designate some of them as addiction and some of them not, which was my point in the inconsistency. I was trying to show like there's an inconsistency there, and it's purely based off of convention. Um, But so uh, that's physical dependency is created by the regular worship. Of idols that alter your brain chemistry, yeah,
1: um, and we know that now. I want to interject: we know that with pornography now. Oh yeah, yeah, that yeah, absolutely. Your brain chemistry is changed by continual viewing right. of pornography, right? And so, yes, sin has physical consequences. Right. We know that. We believe that Scripture doesn't deny that. We aren't denying that. Yeah,
0: your um, your fallen nature uses idols to find things that can only be found in God um, and then your fallen body, <laughs> whether you want it to or not, creates um, a sensation that the counterfeit is working mm-hmm. until eventually mm-hmm. your body needs that mm-hmm. in order to function function or right. stay alive in some cases right um, basically, um, Psalm 46 talks about the Lord being a refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Mm-hmm. And that is what that idol you think is doing for you. You think it's protecting you. Go you go to it mm-hmm. for that. Um, and we use these things all the time. The point is, is that the world has made a distinction based yeah. off of what it has observed. Um, and the the world is, is, doesn't have a good doctrine Mm-mm. of sin no no they don't <laughs> it doesn't Mm-mm. um and and i just well, i want to make it clear that the bible does not deny physical dependency mm-hmm. um it's but it's also not an excuse to continue in sin ever right um, there is nowhere that says if you f- if you are physically having a hard time being obedient mm-hmm. just don't do it yeah <laughs> Right that's not that doesn't exist um
1: well, and scripture gives us what to do in those situations right, and uh, so i I would take you to Colossians two um where he's talking about he says, if with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? do not handle, do not taste, do not touch these have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. So what he's saying here is this this directly applies to an AA model of oh, addiction. Yeah. Like, do not taste, do not handle, do not touch. As if this, this has the appearance of wi- wisdom. Well, and there is... There is some wisdom in that for a
0: period of time yeah if you are really if you have been drinking alcohol every single day for the last six months Mm -hmm. there is a way that you need to get that out of your system and then there will more than likely it would be very wise for you to say i am I'm not going away to drink this. alcohol right yes. now
1: <laughs> but he tells us that 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 just abstaining is right. of no value in stopping the indulgence right. of the flesh because this is a heart issue right. right because this is a worship problem yeah the the do not taste do not handle do not touch i mean so, a lot of times and i've been around a lot of addicts and it's it's white knuckling that's what they call it yeah you're just doing your best With physical means, not to touch these things, or look at them, or think about them. Well, that's the
0: best that AA can do, right? Is keep you from doing it because it doesn't address
1: the the root of the problem, which is the heart. That's right. And so the it's not that in saying uh, that um, I'm not trying to say that AA has never done anything good. I'm saying that they don't have a biblical model. For how to set you free because right. they don't actually believe that you are ever free right once an alcoholic always an alcoholic right. and does this And and let's use the biblical word drunkard yeah once a drunkard always a drunkard no scripture says the opposite such were some of you right so that is why i have such a severe problem and this leads to all kinds of other issues in the church so for example now we have creeping into the church once a homosexual probably always a homosexual and it now offends people if you want to point out that once a homosexual doesn't mean you're always a homosexual Well, because
0: according to that model you are attacking their identity right right so yes yes it it would be it 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 hurts to have someone come after who you are right but the truth is that that isn't who you are right No one is attacking your identity.
1: Right. Do you really believe that a drunkard can be washed, sanctified, and made clean? Do you really believe that a drunkard, it can't be in a such were some of you category? right? And I think this is important because if you actually want people to be free from their idolatry, the idolatry of addiction, you have to give them the hope that christ has actually set them free right and that has practical implications for you today yeah and and i we're trying to qualify this as much as possible as saying i'm not saying today you're an alcoholic tomorrow you get saved the next day you go to a bar for the glory of god right um like joy pointed out there's plenty of physical consequences of addiction that have to be handled carefully well Um, and the bible doesn't doesn't ignore those things right the scripture doesn't deny
0: that um you live in a fallen world and that it influences you so if you're raised in a home with alcohol abuse the bible doesn't the bible doesn't have a problem with that but right the 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 solution is the same thing if you grow up in a neighborhood that glorifies drug dealers so it's still come be free Right. Um, It's not, it doesn't change. Um, We, and then it just like, there are, it doesn't deny that there are damaging consequences. Mm -hmm. It doesn't deny guilt and shame. And it tells us how to get rid of guilt and shame. Right. It says, I have you once I have you, once you're free, there is no going back. Right. Like it's, so whatever, if you think that this, what we're saying is an oversimplification, it's not. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just that there is a solution to each of these things. We're yeah. not ignoring it. The Bible doesn't ignore it. God is not ignorant of it. The point is, is that he has given you the solution yes. to this problem. And it is the same. Yep. You need him. You need the sacrifice of the son. Yep. Um, and because you can, you can say, oh, well, but you don't know my life. I grew up in a really, I had this really hard thing happen, but you will, there will not be, if you're not in Christ, there will not be a sin that you will come before God with that He will be like, Oh, well, you had a really hard home life. And I'm not saying that to disqualify your feelings or disqualify the things that led you to seek peace mm-hmm. outside of God. Mm-hmm. That is not that is a total if if you think that's what's happening, you're totally intentionally misunderstanding what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That's all. Like, that's really all I have to say about it. God doesn't ignore it. I'm not ignoring it. I'm not ignoring the consequences of sin. I'm not ignoring the consequences of living in a fallen world. Mm-hmm. That's not it at all. Mm-hmm. But the the thing is, is that AA doesn't have it. The thing is, is that once a thief, always a thief. Once a murder, always a murder. Once a porn addict, always a porn addict. That isn't the answer. It's not
1: right it's like what other in this list in first corinthians or any sin what other sin would you say to a believer someone who has truly repented let's say a christian once a gossip always a gossip right or someone who's truly a, a christian who used to be sexually immoral and and they're telling you like no i've been set free from this sin are you gonna apply the AA model and be like well? Once sexually immoral, always right. sexually immoral. No, you, you better can't. abstain from that. You better just, you know, like this is this what you're is,
0: saying is that the atonement means nothing. Right. It was all for nothing. It doesn't actually cover any sin.
1: Right. This is just who you We're are. still a slave This is to how it. you are. You are enslaved to it. And I think that that is dangerous. I think that we have just accepted the world's addiction model without thinking Right. about the harm that it does.
0: It- I honestly, I think that it's not completely by accident. I think that we have to be real with ourselves and just say that like it's easier to say I'm this way and I can't help than it than to tearfully and painfully humble yourself before the Lord and say I can't do this without you. Yeah. No,
1: it's completely true. It's completely true.
0: I do think it is like a lot of it is just discipleship and Mm -hmm. it's been normalized and stuff. Mm -hmm. But if you really think about it in those tough moments, it is really just easier to exalt yourself over humble yourself before God.
1: Right. And I mean, what does this say to the, uh, the people who were living a lesbian life before salvation and now they're saved and they're married? Right. Doesn't it tell them that's not possible? Well, no, no, no. Right, you're always a lesbian. Well, and people wouldn't say that. And the point is, is that that That's ideology
0: just, yeah, it just it overflows with inconsistency. It yeah. overflows with subjectivity. Yeah, and there, there's just there's no
1: hope Mm-mm. found in it. There's no hope for it. No. Um. And so, what would we say to someone struggling? with the idolatry of addiction, I would say, repent, Mm -hmm. be free. This, I would say the same thing that scripture says to any of us struggling with serious sin. Once you have put your faith in Christ and he is your savior, then you have to work out your sanctification. Mm -hmm. There's gonna be work for you to do. I would say if you want to minister to the addiction community, there's some real steps you need to take. You need to know where their nearest detox center is. Right. Um, to help people medically, safely detox. Yes. And then you need to disciple these people right. and That will take them. time. It yeah. takes time and work. This is not an overnight thing in any sense of the word, uh, but obviously you're gonna minister differently to someone who, let's say you, uh, someone who normally binge drinks on the weekend, doesn't really drink during the week, versus someone who drinks 15, 20, 30 beers a day. Yeah. Their process is going to be different. Mhm. Um it's can be very dangerous to go cold turkey after you've been drinking that oh, much. Yeah. You can have all kinds of you can, you can seizure die. and die yeah. and 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 yes, there, so there is medical attention that's needed. Yeah. But if you don't address the heart problem and if you promise this person slavery to this for the rest of their life, regardless of whether or not they even sniff alcohol, you are not giving them the gospel. You are not giving them the hope of Christ. And I don't even, if I was an alcoholic and someone was like, for the rest of your life, you're gonna be an alcoholic. I can't even imagine how hopeless that would feel. Mm -hmm. If I was white knuckling it for the rest of my life, if I couldn't be around a thimble full of wine, I, I don't even... that's not hope. That's slavery. Right. That is still slavery. Well
0: and the and the idea is that if you can be free from this one sin that you have defined yourself by, then there's hope. But I, I'm sorry, any any legitimately saved person that struggled with addiction in their past right knows there's a lot more sin under there right so it's a, yes. it's totally false to say yeah that if you can just stop doing this one thing and it's the same thing with homosexuality we would never ever say that if you can just become straight if you can just right. not struggle with homosexuality then you're saved right no 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 that no. is that is one that is one sin
1: <laughs> right that's one sin out of a list of a bunch of other sins right. that you're very capable and so you can't, of
0: like and it's it's totally workspace the idea is that yep. if i can do not just touch, do not taste right. do
1: not see if i can
0: just do this one thing and abstain from this one thing that the world has told me is bad and that i have seen from the consequences in my life is bad mm-hmm. then i will be free it's like well what about everything else what about pride right you know it just all the there <laughs> God's not just looking to invite you into this little club. Right. Right. He is looking to conform you to the the image image of of his son. son.
1: Yes. And that's going to be doing way more than just avoiding the appearance of one sin. Right. If you, you are still idolizing that substance. If you cannot even be in the same room as it, you are not free. Right. You are still in chains. Right. And if you
0: are, if you are legitimately saved and you still feel some bondage towards that, you can let people know. Yes. They, people will be accommodating. People. Yes. It, Absolutely. It's a part of, the, it is a part of sanctification. You still do
1: have to live wisely. Right. And I guess like I, there are some people that probably won't drink for the rest of their lives and that's fine. Oh yeah. But I know plenty who do. Right. Because they really are free from the bondage, right? Um, and so we're saying: live wisely, know yourself, be in community, be a, a committed member of a local church, get discipled, and be free. Yeah. Because that. And don't
0: skip detox if you've been doing yeah, benzodiazepines or yeah, don't
1: skip alcohol. that. Don't.
0: <laughs> you won't want to if you've been doing anything, but right? Specifically those ones. <laughs> Right. Yes. Those are the ones that can kill you. Yes. So I, anyway, I don't know. I just want to make sure we, I give that piece <laughs> of very realistic advice. Yes. Um, but yeah, I have. I think that. Um. I yeah. I think that we have we've just bought into the AA model for way too long
1: without even assessing it against right. scripture. Right. And I care about this because I care about the people. That are enslaved to this, who are not hearing what Scripture has to say about it, and they just accept that for the rest of their life they are—they have to identify with this thing right. that Christ, well, if you're a believer, has freed you from and will sanctify you out of. He's promised right. to set you free. Mm-hmm. So, do that, you that believe him? That right. That doesn't mean it's not going to take any work. Right. But do you believe that?
0: um well and that's sanctification for all sin for not just all sin. anything that our world would consider addiction Correct. or anything that creates a physical dependency Correct. that is the process yes and and it's not fun to hear that and it's not fun to go through it mm-hmm.
1: but romans there. romans six commands us do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its less. And do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God for sin shall not be master over you for you are not under law, but under grace. That's it. That's it. That's it. Hey guys, that was a little heavy. So I need to <laughs> go, I don't know decompress a little bit um if this show is encouraging to you please like and share it on facebook and if you want to keep us to keep the microphones on lights on over always something i can't talk anymore <laughs> we um, talk into a
0: microphone and then carmen edits it and, and then, then we put, it on, the put it on the website if you want that to keep
1: happening if you want that to keep happening <laughs> please go to patreon.com slash sheologians for six bucks a month you can make it happen And that's it for this week. So we will see you next week. Yeah.